Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things mecha. Jump ship incoming. All right, all right, all right, and welcome to another episode of Mobile Armor. Oh God, what was that? Did I just have a stroke? <laughs> Were you, were you up a little too late for uh, New Year's there, Pat? What's going on? Let's try that again. Welcome to, another episode. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Mobile Armor Radio. Woohoo! Yay, I'm still alive. Uh, this is episode 43. We are now heading into the new year. Uh, season 4, episode 1. No. Question mark? No, it's... Twelve episodes. Thirty-six yeah, this- was the beginning of season four. We're we're far into season four now. Oh my god! All right. Yeah, we're 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 coming up on on we got five episodes left or something. Like that. Yeah, so forty-eight on- would be season five. All right. So we're good. So then we're like in the long stretch here. Wow. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe in seasons, so. <laughs> oh, Rob. <laughs> and I'm Brian. So difficult. <laughs> And he's Pat. And I'm Pat, or Chopper, or the guy having a stroke. <laughs> or guy, poor stroke boy. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if I make it to the end of this episode. So with that being said, let's move on into the dropship. Dropship landing. Welcome to the dropship. Uh, let's see what everyone has been working on. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that this probably would be the shortest segment ever. I could uh, be so. Brian, what have you been working on? Um, well, it, it's kind of still light on my end. Uh, I've been building out, uh, been struggling with my 3D printer to continue building out uh, uh, some some of the isolation protocol uh, terrain bits for my, my elevated uh, battlefield idea um in that my my printer has been struggling to print the narrow uh struts that you have to use as connectors so mm. um hopefully i'll get that fixed i needed more more filament which is going to be arriving tomorrow so we'll see if uh my my changes will actually work um but other than that uh i did get my hands on some of the newer models for the gcps line of dead zone uh, namely the, um, it's, I'm trying to remember what the name of the, the booster is. It's the one that has TAC drones and riot troopers. So those are, TAC drones are just these little spider looking robots that have different weapon attachments on it. They're like a little walking weapons platform. And then the riot troopers are, uh, basically armored dudes with shields and shotguns. And, um, and I've, uh, got them kind of cut out. I've, I've, been putting a couple of them together and uh, going to be eventually painting them, uh, continuing with my Gundam theme uh, of uh, painting the, the tack drones up to be balls uh, and uh, painting up the riot troopers to look like gyms. Um, so the I balls will be like gray and orange, the orange accents or. Yeah. Cause they, they have they're they're hexagonal shaped. And then they, but they do have like a little round pit in the center. I'm like, well, it's just like the ball's eye there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that should be fun. And then uh, there was a new unit that was added in third edition called uh, the Ogre um, 
trooper. Oh, gosh, what the heck is his his full name? Uh, like the ogre shock trooper or something like that. Uh, basically, he there's a there's an official Mantic mini that's kind of just this really big, bulky mutant looking dude, and uh, with a big mini gun that has blades on it. And it didn't quite fit the aesthetic of my Gundam list. Or the uh, GCPS. <laughs> or, yeah, arguably. Um, so what I wound up doing is I kitbashed uh, using uh, Ripper Suit and a couple other bits and bobs. And I made my, my own little, like, ogre battle suit, I'm kind of calling it. Um, and so it, it, I, I kind of went the uh, kind of an apple seed route. Where where you've got the the pilot's like arms are kind of uh, visible, <laughs> kind of hanging outside the suit, but then it's got basically like it's a big like exosuit kind of body armor, and uh, what kind of the the uh, crowning piece on it that really kind of brought it all together was I couldn't figure out what to do for a head, and then I just took a dreadball cheerleader like shield. And I put it on there, and it fits like perfectly as this <laughs> dome helmet. Nice. I'm like, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll share a picture of it with you. Um, but uh, that was that was pretty fun to actually put together. You know, it's it's always nice when it's uh, you know 100 mantic. Uh, I I always like to try to to work within those kind of constraints because it helps me be creative. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually I've been going back and forth on painting that guy. If I want to do, because uh, I've been doing a lot of the eighth team uh, style of, of of paint jobs for my my Gundam Striders that I built, uh, and I want this guy. I was considering uh, either doing the the Jim Ground type, which kind of has that tan uh, yellow type of of accents with white. Or if I want to go gun cannon and make him like really red, and, red and he, he would just pop against everything else I got on the battlefield, red, blue, which, and yellow. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be a lot of fun. I'm I'm leaning more towards that. The only downside is he doesn't have shoulder-mounted cannons, but maybe I could work something out for that. <laughs> I'm sure you could find some. So, uh, but otherwise, that's kind of been. Uh, it for what I've uh, been working on on you know mecha tangent related. Uh, how about you, Rob? Uh, I have a backing some Patreon that's doing a bunch of uh, X Men minis, so I've been printing a lot of those, including this is mech related, a Sentinel. So I have a giant Sentinel. He, he's all uh, battle damage because the print didn't turn out great, but he looks like he's got battle damage, so it, it's it's it looks kind of cool. So I'm gonna paint him up with the. Uh, some glowing parts where stuff got blasted off them. Uh, also, Rebel Minis uh, from the Kickstarter a long time ago, they did like a Viper suit Kickstarter. They've, they're they putting out more suits. This ones are called uh, CAT suits. And they're a little more lithe and they're pretty cool. But he does them in 15mm and 28mm, so I've been test printing all those. It's kind of oh, fun. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I haven't painted anything in a very long time. i got to paint stuff. Pat, why aren't yeah. we painting stuff? Uh, mainly because of why I haven't done much for uh, this this segment, uh, because we are packing stuff up for the remodel, and part of my hobby room is underneath the kitchen. 
So I gotta pack some of that up so it doesn't get everywhere. Uh, dust from above is gonna fall on it. Yeah. So I've been kind of putting away the 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 paints and all the other things that can can get messed up, and I won't be in the house for a while. So I did. I was reluctant to start anything new. Uh, I didn't want to be inspired to something new and then I'd get back to it a month later and forget what I was trying to do. <laughs> so, but once this damn remodel is done, we're going to get back to painting again. Uh, there you go. <laughs> nice. When are you starting yeah. that? Uh, any of the year-ish. Nice. We haven't got a firm date from the contractor yet, so. Nah. Uh, in the meantime, another reason why I haven't done too much again is the overtime at work is too alluring for me to say no. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Well, so, in, in the uh, in the future, we'll get some time to actually do some hobbying. Yeah, well, hopefully when the when the need for overtime cuts down, or the, the I shouldn't say the exorbitant amount of money they're paying us for overtime. <laughs> when that cuts down. When that cuts down, then I won't be working as much, and then I'll be back to hobbying again. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, it's, it, I joke about the overtime, but, you know, hopefully that will slow down, because there's a reason why I'm working so many so many days now. So, yeah, not to get on a soapbox, but let's... Uh, Let's move on then to Comstar, because I literally haven't done nothing. Message from Comstar. I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. From Deads on the Podcast. And you're listening to... Mobile Armor Radio. All right, here we go at Comstar. Let's see what the boys have been reading and watching and RPGing and video gaming and all those other things. Uh, let's start with uh, Rob, because Rob's always good for a good TV or movie. Uh, well, first of all, there is news, so I'll get to the news first. Okay. That IDW is supposedly losing the G.I. Joe and Transformers comic book license. So oh. they won't be making it anymore. And the rumor is it's going to uh, Robert Kirkman Skybound. He's the one who does Walking Dead comics, or used to. They're done now. Like, yeah, and what was the other one? Indestructible. Oh, he's done tons. He's he's got just yeah. he puts out new comics all the time. Or, or Invincible. That Invincible, that's what it was. Yeah, Invincible is the TV show that he just recently did that based on a comic book from a while ago. But yeah, all those kind of things. So we'll see. Hopefully, it's good at their new home if they end up going there. Who knows? Maybe IDW. But I think uh, Pat and I a while ago, IDW Games was having issue too. So I think the company might be having some dire straits right now. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see much IDW left. I think yeah. the only thing they have right now is uh, they have Power Rangers and I think they have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So they still have those two things. But man, well, TNMT. Uh, although- it was has been going for a long time too. Yeah, but I think Power Rangers is Hasbro too, though, so that might be leaving too. Yeah, with, if they're losing all the Hasbro licensing, mm, uh, T- TMNT I think is owned, still owned by uh, the original owners. So I wonder if they still own it. I don't know. I don't know who owns that now. Anyway, so IDW might be in trouble, but uh, or not. I did discover a new game thanks to uh, one of our our fans on our uh, Facebook page. I'm going to go look for his name because uh, I want to give him a shout-out. Uh, Calvin Dragorovich. 
I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, but probably not. Uh, he <laughs> he uh, introduced something called Weasel Tech. And Weasel Tech is uh, pretty much use your own minis, uh, and it's a solo or co-op uh, narrative focused by the guy who did five parsecs from home. So it's, yeah. I'm trying that out. It looks kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be trying that stuff. Uh, it's available on War Games Vault. I don't think it's uh, uh, available as a hard copy. I think it's only PDF. But you can, uh, the link is in the show notes anyways, where you can go find it. But it looks fun. It's, uh, uh, Brian, you have some uh, some play with the five parsecs, so you can speak more to yeah. how that plays, but... Yeah, no, five, five parsecs is a is a pretty neat system. It's a it is a lot of dice rolling uh, and and referring to tables of things. But uh, I've liked it so far. I've I've only played. Uh, you kind of basically have a lot of background kind of narrative setup uh, that you, you're kind of rolling through. Is like okay, you know, you're in five parsecs. That is where it's like you get a job, okay, and and you know you've got you potentially have like rivals and patrons and stuff like that and and basically you you build up to go on a mission and then uh you know he, after the mission it's like okay you know what did what resources do we grab you know did we lose anybody uh, or people injured like what does that what does that mean for the team uh it's it's pretty neat stuff actually and and uh like it it works pretty well as far as a solo uh, game goes, you know, if you're just kind of as as quarantine has uh, done for a lot of folks, is like oh, I'm just playing at home with with whatever minis I got. Um, so I've been using Dead Zone, obviously, and and um, no, it's it's a fun time. Yeah, so I'm excited to get into that. I also picked up uh, the Warfleet's FPL one page rules uh, space combat game. We're always looking for a good space combat game, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna try this one out. A lot of people like it, and it's light on rules, which I like. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Interceptor is coming back out from FASA. They're just doing a Kickstarter now, so it's kind yeah, of Yeah, I saw that. That uh, Space Combat's back in the uh, news. This Interceptor, though, I guess they they probably don't own the rights to the old rules because this, they said, is all brand new rules, so they must have had some... Mm. They might have the name, but they don't have the whoever designed it, probably. So yeah. And, and a, a little shout-out to One Page Rules. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about them much on the show, but they got some really neat stuff. A lot of it is free to try out. Uh, so if you're if you're just looking for a more kind of rules-light uh, system of play, like it like the name says, uh, all, all the rules are on one page. Uh, a lot of it's D6-based, and uh, you kind of go from there. So fun stuff. Yeah. it's uh, I like the concept of not overburdening anything. And this FDL one that everybody can kind of raves about, so I'm excited to get into that, too. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we have a lot of Babylon 5 ships we have to use for something. <laughs> it's true. So, uh, another thing that Brian brought up was that uh, Titanfall got pulled from Steam because there's too many hackers. So yeah. we, lost, we lost a mech game. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the, it was. It was. There were some pretty big security risks uh, that that people's computers were getting exposed to. Uh, I forget if it was key logging or what, but you know, pretty pretty significant hack uh, that was you know not hacking the game to make it uh, you know unfair, hacking the game to get to the players, uh, which is not good. 
so they they did pull the game. Uh, I know at least Titanfall one and and its multiplayer server I think is down. I might still be. Um, I think two might still be up, but at the same time, like it it is a shame because the you know Titanfall. I, I only played two because. I don't play multiplayer much, mm. uh, but the the campaign they put together for that game was really solid. Uh, really gave you a, a, a breath of the world, and and uh, and you got these big old stompy mechs running around. It was it was a whole lot of fun. So it's it's a shame that uh, you know that that kind of that kind of interference and interruption and and the the resources you have to put to countering something like that. Uh, I, I hope that they're able to recover uh, from that and hopefully, you know, protect their players in the future. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen for other games, too, any mm-hmm. other multiplayer games. So, yeah, that's scary. The future, it's all hacking. Mm-hmm. On a personal note, I did, uh, I broke down and watched all the Battletech animated series on YouTube. <laughs> I decided to watch all 12 episodes, I think it is. And it's not as bad as I remember. The the CGI parts are terrible, but the actual yeah, story. I told, was you, pretty I told fun. you the thing wasn't horrible. That's when we, uh, with the last episode, uh, that's why uh, I would like to see a, a nice remake because it's not a horrible story. No, the story itself was fun. It's just yeah, the, the CGI really lets it down. Because I would like to rather see those mechs fight in in animated style instead of the terrible ninety CGI. What? Was that like around the same time as like reboot? Yeah, I think it was a little after. It was, I think, it, uh, was it just before Beast Wars? It might be the like the same company doing all the things. Gotcha. It would make it was, sense because they yeah. all did kind of look the same. Yeah, so I think it was because I know the people who do reboot did Beast Wars, and I'm not sure if uh, Battletech mm. was in between those. It was pretty basic, anyways, and uh, yeah, they kept going into the uh, augmented view, which was the 3D. It was, it was not good, <laughs> but, but it was fun otherwise, and it, it was over pretty quick, so. Uh, it's all available on YouTube. You can just search for uh, BattleTech animated series. The people have remastered uh, them, so they're they're like old VCR rips, but they look good. And it's the only way to watch nice. the show, so it was fun. <laughs> and of course, uh, Genlock season two is at, over now at this point, but uh, I'm I'm not quite to the to the uh, end of it. But it's been a really depressing, crazy season. It's oh, uh, pretty dark. It's. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a season three, but uh, it's it's really coming to a head right now. So, it's it's a lot of tortured souls and, and oh death boy. and uh, mass 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 death. <laughs> so, it's it, it's very interesting because at the, the first season it was pretty much oh you thought the the where the Genlock guys are you thought that's the good guys like the 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 uh, society, but you soon realize that they're not very oh, no, good guys. Are we the baddies? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and the other side is maybe good, maybe not good. Like it's it's really interesting. A lot of uh, a lot of philosophical issues coming up, so it's it's fun. Sure. It's really once again really well written, mm-hmm. and uh, especially if you can watch it all at once. I think well, I'm watching it weekly, and it's uh it's a little slow watching it weekly. I think if you could watch it all at once, it'd be a, or at least in a marathon, so it'd be a, mm-hmm. a little bit more because. I think if you want action, there's not as much action this season, but it's it's I like the story a lot better this season, so and that's about it for me. That's all my comm star. I don't think I've done anything else or read anything else or Yeah, that's about it. So nice. uh yeah. Brian, what you been up to? Uh, well I got a couple of things. Um 
for one, I I uh, I'd uh, I'd finished uh, playing through uh, the one of the games I, I had, so I, I did pop back over to uh, Front Mission Three for a little bit. I played a little bit of that. Got a couple missions further in. This I'm pretty sure I'm getting close to the the end of the game, so I am trying to um, push my way through. I do have. So one thing I've got going on right now is um, over in, in uh, kind of a fan group of, of Mantic games is that there's a writing contest going on right now. And uh, I'm working on getting my story submitted or put together, written and everything. Uh, and obviously the time is running short. Uh, as of mm-hmm. the time this episode airs, it will have been due yesterday. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm, a lot of my free time right now uh, is definitely getting funneled into uh, finishing up that story. Uh, sadly, there's there's no mechs in it yet, uh, <laughs> apart from aforementioned uh, tech drones, actually. But um, but it, it, it's something I do. At one point, I'm gonna I gotta write some kind of story about a Strider. Um, anyway, uh, so so I'll. I'll be picking up Front Mission again, is basically what I'm saying, after I finish up my story. Um, but uh, but apart from that, uh, I in kind of a, a mecha-adjacent one, I did watch the, uh, the live-action Cowboy Bebop series mm. on Netflix. And uh, I won't lie, I'm, I'm in the camp that's disappointed that uh, it got canceled, like, right away. Yeah, me too. Like, a, a week or two after the season aired um it's obviously it's 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 not a shot for shot um and and a lot of people i think have have rightly called it kind of a remix of the series we get a lot more of stuff kind of that, that was in the background uh brought to the foreground um or even stuff that wasn't present before um uh you know like uh the character of julia really gets fleshed out more she she is has more agency in the story yeah, than she did in the original. character, not just an object. <laughs> yeah, and and um, like, like we even get an episode where where uh, vicious and Spike like we get to see them in their in their kind of game days, like being buds, uh, which was which kind of refreshing. Um, it, it's it's funny to me because uh, I. I recognize the original anime, you know, for for what it is. You know, it, it's a seminal piece of of art, really, um, both from from music and animation and even storytelling standpoint. But uh, I, I only like remember some of the more outrageous episodes, so it was kind of a weird refresh and and like, oh wow, like like the first episode is has like a lot of stuff from Desperado. Right, it's a lot yeah. of like Rodriguez uh, stuff in there, and, and a lot of the other influences are kind of fun too. So, uh, I, I feel like I feel like it was judged um, harshly by by many, fairly by others, because there there is stuff that just doesn't quite land um, the way the way you want it to. Uh, so. It, it's one of those things where it kind of runs into this thing where it's just a good show. It's not a great show, and that was kind of its downfall, I think. <laughs> well, I think the production-wise, it was pretty great. But yeah, the the story, yeah, 
they were almost slavishly trying to to stay within the bounds where they should have just gone for their own thing. Like that, they they were they were kind of halfway in and halfway out, and they I think that hurt them a little bit. But I there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of obviously they Netflix doesn't cancel things because of word of mouth. They cancel things because no. of numbers, and they looked at the numbers, and it was yeah. obviously didn't get enough people. So I, I yeah. can't blame them for that, but. The word of mouth makes it so other people wouldn't check it out for sure. So, yeah, yeah, it was, and it, it definitely was wasn't that... accessible for the normal people. Like normies couldn't go watch the show. I don't think. Well, like at the same time, like I said, like I I was coming from the perspective where I I barely like I don't remember the main plots of most of the original anime. I'll remember those like some individual episodes that were really kind of stand out or weird, but like so so like. I couldn't even really remember like what their their ultimate beef was with each other. Yeah. Um, but like I, I will say, like I thought the cast was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think there were just some weird directional choices for some of the different characters that didn't quite work. Um, but like the 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 people behind it, I think, definitely had a passion for it, mm-hmm. and so that that's where it kind of comes back is like, man, the they they had this excitement for it, and and to hear you know it's basically to get the rug pulled out from under them is is really a shame. Um, yeah, really, because it was only know, what how many episodes? Ten? Was it even ten? Eight? Eight? I yeah, it was, was. I think it was eight or yeah, it was eight or ten. So they really uh, got was, a chance to get their own feet. Yeah, like it's usually season two. By then, like shows like what's that? Uh, Another Earth and like they get extra seasons. Like yeah, I'm amazed. Like some of these things, but like I say, it's not accessible for like a normal person, like not an anime fan. I'm saying like, like my my sister or someone like that. Yeah, they would never I, go I mean, watch that show. You know. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's one of those things where where you kind of have to be willing to. I mean, Firefly ran into that mm-hmm. problem back in the day too. Uh, on, on top of, of course, you know, Fox meddling with, well, with yeah, how the show I feel that was more mishandling of the series itself. Yeah, but even so, like, it, it wasn't some show that normal people it, it, is going to go watch. It wasn't directed at yeah. their core demographic, yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's, um, like I said, it's a shame that the they're not going to get a chance to, to continue. I remember hearing an interview on uh, kind of a similar note, the, the people that were behind the Dragon Prince show, um... They they were talking once about how they were really nervous because they were trying to tell a a long form mm-hmm. story uh, of their their series and they they were kind of you know just waiting for the day where they get the axe yeah uh, in the middle of their story um, I think thankfully they were they were able to to see it to fulfillment but there, I think there's a lot of them that and Netflix just kind of does that. Uh, a lot is just kind of out of nowhere. I remember all, like all the Marvel uh, Netflix shows, like the what was it? Uh, Jessica Jones had aired. I think the last Punisher series came out, and literally like the next day, they're like, "Yeah, all of them are canceled." Well, yeah, that was a lot of a mandate from the movies. They did they didn't want to have Probably. two different things going on. But <laughs> I find Netflix, but, uh, it's, they just weigh their viewership. Like how many people came and watched this versus how much it costs, and that's it. Like there's a bottom yeah. line. They don't. They don't. They don't it's, suffer. It's crazy going that it's based it, off yeah. the opening week like a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, and especially these days where people are are spreading out their binging, I think more so than they used to. Um, 
But but I digress. That I think that's that's enough of that. But I will say that it did uh, spark in me my uh, my fascination with '90s anime, <laughs> and so I actually put on uh, one of my favorites of that trifecta from back in the day. You had Cowboy Bebop, you had Trigun, and you had uh, Outlaw Star. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm I'm over halfway done uh, rewatching Outlaw Star right now. Which worked well because it was also uh, kind of helped me get the ball rolling on on my aforementioned story, uh, which is is involves a, a spaceship and a crew and everything like that, uh, which also led me to go play FTL <laughs> again, the video game, <laughs> which which uh, is holds up pretty well. It was a lot. Yeah, of fun. it's hard. I still play that every once in a while. Yeah, it was it was really good. So. I, I think that's uh, enough rambling for me. Uh, so what do you got going on, Pat? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could fill that. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that you point. rambled. Cause... <laughs> boy. Well, you know, I mean, since we're talking fleets, you know, I think we talked about it last time. I picked up the old D&D generic rule called Star Empires, which I was planning on uh, kind of seeing if we can do uh, aerospace kind of things with the figures. Mm-hmm. Like that, so that was kind of my thing. I did start watching Genlock season two. Uh, now I know I need to buy tissue paper. <laughs> There's some shocks. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I have not again not done too much. Uh, a lot of C two E two took a lot of my time oh, yeah. and work and things like that. So, uh. uh Oh, I suppose we could talk about C two E two. Yeah, I was gonna say. What, yeah, yeah, is there yeah. any mech related yeah. things at C two E two? No, uh, no, 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 uh, no Bandai. No Bandai. Uh, but yeah. there was a store, and I wish I could remember what it's called now. It's out of Michigan. Uh, they're always there, but they did. They were selling Gundams and some model kits and everything. So at least there was that. Uh, but C two E two in itself was very, hmm. very. Was it Michigan Toy Store? No, it was something else. Uh, God, if I said the name, I would know it. Hmm. Uh, but uh, C2E2 in itself was very, very sparse this year around. So they really, I think they were tapping 40% capacity. Uh, wow. And just not a lot of the normal stuff. And, and that area where Bluefin was, was really just open space. Yeah, that's crazy. Because that was a huge booth. Yeah, and then you usually have a giant Gundam uh, but this year they didn't, and uh, I felt sad. That's too bad. So, uh, but I'm hoping by 2023, C2E2 will be back in its normal date and back to all the good, lovely Gundamness that comes with it. Um, but other than that, yeah, not, not again, not too much. But this, the month of December has been very, just really work related. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about it. That's busy. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, then let's move on to the Mech Bay Hanger. Now entering the Mech Bay Hanger. All right, and welcome to the Mech Bay Hanger. I remembered as we were speaking, uh, the name of that store that was selling gums at C two E two, and it was called Galactic Toys and Games out of Kentwood, Michigan. Uh, a very good section. Head on over there. Check it out if you live in the Michigan area. I don't know where Kentwood is, so I couldn't even tell you which way direction is. But let's ask our resident Michiganer. 
He's he's not uh, really from there, so it doesn't count. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> yeah. fun thing. Okay, so it's over by the Grand Rapids area. There you go. Uh, so so that's that's, that's your hood. I, I'm literally the other direction. Yeah, actually. I was gonna say he's nowhere near the Grand Rapids. I'm in Grand Rapids. No. No, I'm in Livonia. Oh, where's uh, the where's Rick at? Lansing. Rick is in Lan- Lansing, and so if if you drew a line from where I am to from where to where Rick is and kept going. <laughs> For half the state, like you get Grand Rapids, <laughs> it's it's more West Coast, um, kind you of got that kind West of Coast north, feel. North yeah. of Kalamazoo, south of southeast of Muskegon. Right. You're, you're They're just all surfers over there. So. I know Muskegon. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> out of everything you just came out of your mouth, Muskegon was the only thing I heard. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's more West Side. So I, it's, it's probably a good two three hour drive from where I am. It's probably right. closer to Pat than it is to you. It might be, actually. That's true. <laughs> All right, so now that we've given the Galactic Toys and Games a shout-out, that's uh, top t- topic for the Beck Bay Hanger today is, why do you guys think Battletech has lasted for as long as it has, and why do you think it hasn't reached the same popularity as all the other, same miniature games like 40K? What's 40K? Oh, come on. Come on. It's a very popular game. Um, but um, I I don't know if you, if you guys want to lead because since since I I don't have a whole lot of experience with BattleTech outside of the video games. Yes. Um, because I I played MechWarrior Two Mercenaries back in the day. Classic. And and then um and I really didn't play another one until the BattleTech uh, game came out by Hairbrain uh, Schemes or Studios or whatever it is. Yeah, right. The first time, but uh, I I I enjoyed both um, for sure. Um, But uh, yeah, so so uh, how about you guys kind of throw your ideas out there, and then I'll I'll kind of circle back. I do think um, the video games did help for the longevity of mm, it because until recently there was a lot of video games for many years, even when the the tabletop wasn't as big. Yeah, I think that's what the, uh, the tabletop is. Or sorry, the tabletop. The computer games, I think, is what kept it afloat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dark like, times. Yeah, yeah what I, the dark Literally, time, dark what ages. I like, what, I, what I like to call the WizKid era. Yeah. Well, Clicky Tech, uh, Clicky was huge. It was huge, but it just didn't, it wasn't the same kind of diehard people. There oh, were a lot it was, of it was little people. kids buying little booster packs. That's, that's what you yeah. want. Stupid I mean, kids I have spending their money. <laughs> I was one of those kids. Exactly. But yeah, but I think, but I think the click thing is what killed it because the click thing, I think, other than hero wow. clicks, uh, have all kind of fell by the wayside. Wouldn't you agree? Because I don't think I see any more click games. Oh, hero other... clicks is the only one that. Is right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. occasionally hero clicks, but I don't see any of the other click games that were out there. And even hero clicks, I'm pretty sure most people collect them as a collectible, not as they play the game. Yeah, probably. Like even I have a bunch of superhero, like X Men hero clicks. I don't. I've never played any click games. So, uh, also I think uh, BattleTech, obviously, big stompy robots. It's pretty unique back, especially back then. There wasn't any mm-hmm. other game like it. So I think that people wanted to play that. They played that for a long time. But 40k, the reason that it's so popular and other games. Well, I don't know if there is any other games the same longevity as BattleTech and 40K. I don't think there's anything else that's lasted that long. No, uh, I mean I, other than like role-playing role playing games, but no, no, uh, no miniature game. I don't think I can't think of one. 
the only the only thing that comes to mind is like other historical. Oh yeah, like like historical is is definitely going to have some some longer teeth to it. I mean that that goes back to the origins of tabletop yeah, gaming, exactly. Uh, in Napoleon days, Napoleonics yeah, um, and everything like that. Uh, but, I think another thing that's kept BattleTech also in is their vast, vast, vast. Uh, <laughs> it's a stroke coming back. Today. It's a stroke. I just it's cannot speak host. today. The vast uh, amount of literature they have. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of people who just read the books too. Yeah, and I think that helps a lot with keeping things alive and people interested. Because you go back, you see your uh, technical readout manual, and you go peruse through it, and you're like, "Oh, you know what? Let's call my good friend Rob. Let's play a game of BattleTech again." And then we yeah. play, and we play BattleTech for a couple of months, and then we kind of go back into the next thing. You know, I think that's kind of BattleTech's uh, cyclical. Well, and the beauty of BattleTech, other than the clicky rules, is that. The rules haven't changed for Battletech from beginning till now. Very few changes. Like FAQs have been implemented, but it's the same rules. Like you could someone who's played it thirty years ago or forty years ago can play it now and they'd still not be that confused by by the differences. Yeah, they've definitely not gotten through the same amount of versions that forty K has done. <laughs> but I think that was uh, the why forty sure. K is still around, is because unlike Battletech, there's always been new things always been put out for forty K. Like yeah. to its detriment sometimes, but they're always refreshing the mm. brand like constantly. Like it's there's well, well, yeah, that and I think that's that's where like 40k has has proven to be successful at least from a financial standpoint, oh, yeah. right? Is that they they put out like you, when when you you take Space Marines, right? Same models. But you convince people that there's what slightly bigger <laughs> twelve twelve different factions of them, <laughs> or or then um, they they get sick of that and they slightly make them a little bit bigger and then resell them all again yeah, to you. That, and and not not to knock forty k because you know obviously people like the game and, and they they play it. Some I, I honestly don't know what's going on in that world space uh, these days, uh, but I, I played it growing up and and I do think like it, as a, as a point of comparison like. Um, I think with, I, I think the, the building of an army, I think is also like another aspect. I remember, I remember like, oh, like I've, I've got these, this army of guys, right. Yeah, yeah. Vers, versus a Lance. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a, there's a quantity, uh, factor of that where, where, um, yeah, battle tech you know. doesn't scale up very well. Yeah. Yeah. And where forty k dot you can yeah have huge amounts of models yeah. and switch in and out. That's true. You put you put too many models on a battletech game, then you know you're there. It doesn't for, end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even even Alpha Strike gets bogged down after you know a few lances each. So yeah, <laughs> I could see that. That's that makes a lot of sense. And the collectability of of like mm-hmm. battletech has a lot of different varieties. But once again, there's the miniatures themselves. There hasn't been that many miniatures put out over the years. Like literally. Before I, I, recently, it's not that many. <laughs> like, no, it's true because for the longest time, it was always just been metal minis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that was that was another thing that 40k was able to do. <laughs> actually, when I when I was getting into it, uh, was when they uh, had the hard plastic sprues where, like, like the arms were separate, like, and the torso was its own. Like, basically, like I have that epi- that uh, issue of White Dwarf. 
where where they changed the Space Marines so that you could assemble your guy, right, mm-hmm. from, from the ground up as opposed to the, okay, he's going to stand in this pose and you glue the gun into his center. The um, funny thing is that they've gone back to the old way now. They're all Ironically, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think that, that did like kind of brought forth a whole lot of that, that creativity and ownership yeah. hobby of, of what it, you yeah. were working on. Yeah. They uh, don't have, once again, Battletech doesn't really have the hobby aspect. They're almost all pre-posed. Like recently there's with that new company, uh, what's the name of that company again? That's working with Catalyst that they're, uh, making the ones that you can build like that. But before then it was all you'd have to cut and cut your own minis up and make your own thing. You're not, they're not giving you the options like they did for 40 K for sure. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was, that, that was something too. Like I, I won't, I won't lie is like the, the monopose, like the, the lack of at least outward customizability. I, I'm kind of come from that, that mecha feel of like kind of like armored core where I just yeah. like to slap, you know, different arms and stuff onto something. Um, and, and, and really kind of make it fit, uh, my, into my play style as opposed to adapting a play style to fit, um, the, the preset loadouts. I know, I know there's, um, it's, it's a very simple understanding. I know there's a lot of depth to, uh, how you can set these guys up. Yeah. You can actually build your own mechs too. Like that's something that they never leaned into on the miniature side is you can build your own mechs or mod your own mechs up. And yeah, that's like obviously yeah, you, you can make you, your own variants. Yeah, mm. so the, obviously that you didn't know that means that they're yeah. not selling it well enough as that as a <laughs> customizable game, like for sure. Yeah, I, I I think if that was that was pushed, um, I, I mean it'd be really neat to see a, a and, and you know feel free to correct me if I'm if I'm wrong about this. If there was a BattleTech line where where it was uh, like a plug, you know different parts together <laughs> within the model like if it was if it was torso legs arm and arm like that, that would be kind of killer actually that's what i'm trying to think who that new uh company is because that's pretty much what it is they they've made the uh black knight and it is all the different uh options you can put onto them and you're trying to remember who who is it that makes that game <laughs> makes that knight <laughs> we talked about them a long time ago but yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's exactly what you're saying. They're finally catching up to that. That mm-hmm. uh, and I, creative creative and juggernaut. Was, that's who makes it. Creative juggernaut. Yeah, was a, you figured it out. Yeah. So they yeah. are doing that now, but you're right. It's a little. Uh, I, I think I think that the technology, like the modeling technology, as it was, like like you were saying earlier, like metal pewter mm. minis, like that that was the way it was for the longest time for a lot of these. And terrible poses, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Although with metal, you can always bend it into place, but it, it, <laughs> it definitely isn't like the new Catalyst. I think that's why there's a big resurgence for the BattleTech right now. Is those new Catalyst miniatures are amazing looking, and mm-hmm. I think and the once they're more available, that's another thing that 40k. You go anywhere, you can get 40k. This yeah. it's a lot harder to get other people's, especially BattleTech right now with supply chain issues. I, I think availability has really hurt them over the yeah. years too. Where they just didn't have the supply. So, so we we have been kind of touching a lot on like like some things that maybe have held it back from being maybe as successful as as something like 40k. 
But what would you, what do you guys kind of feel like has kept it uh, in in the the zeitgeist, if you will? Like I think people know what BattleTech is. Um, but like you 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 go to a miniature store, like even even 40k players, I'd argue would probably know are, are at least loosely yeah. familiar it's, with what it's been around is. long enough. Yeah. Well, well I think. Because it's still, uh, in a sense, a niche game. There are not very many mech. I mean, now there is a few more, but yeah, in twenty-five years, I would say, for a long time there was the nothing, mech yeah. battle game. I mean, now yeah. mm-hmm. within the last ten years, you get you get you got Cav now. I think, which is the only other large-scale mech yeah. battle game out Robotech there. Robotech Tactics tried and they blew up yeah, spectacularly. So, so. yeah. Uh, well, you get uh, heavy gear, the... heavy gear, and things like that. But even heavy gear doesn't have the same mass appeal as even yeah, Cav has done now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the things that wow. again, I still say Spurs Catalan too is a, a, an engaging "quote unquote" history. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. game history. And BattleTech has got that. Like the the lore for BattleTech is literally hundreds of years filled yeah, in. It, like it's deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I I don't know much about uh, 40k lore, but I'm sure it's probably just as deep. But I can't see anything being as deep as uh, BattleTech. It is crazy how much has been written. It is. It. I don't think it's as deep, and, and I feel like the 40k lore is deep, but it's also very convoluted. Well, I I would I would argue that some of BattleTech's convoluted too, but <laughs> yeah. Well, when when you when you've had that many different authors come through with mm-hmm. different ideas for so many years, like I, I was talking to a buddy that was talking about that with 40K, it's like, well, when you go to this author, like this is how Space Marines are come to be, and like, yeah. then you go over here, and it's just a bunch of like hardened criminals and you know the worst degenerates that they could find, and it's like, is it one or the other? <laughs> Yeah, it's a beauty of BattleTech too. Is that it's been pretty much the same guys early on, are still with the company. So I think there's been a singular vision in that way where they don't mm. really ca- they might contract themselves on a few little things, but things like that they they pretty spot on. Like yeah, I mean, everybody it, seems to work like they've always had a strong sense of the the world, which is yeah probably helped it a lot too. And they're all steering the ship in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, That's and good. and the thing is. Uh, some of the guys who originally were in with the FASA group became the video game guys. So that's why they're so tied together too. Like it's all the same mm-hmm. people. Like it's, they're all from the same place, which is, which is interesting that way too. It's very insular and sure they get new uh, writers in, but there's the same old writers are still there. Like Blaine Pardo or uh Stackpole, like they're still kicking and still writing books. Like, so it's, there's always that through line. I think that's pretty amazing with BattleTech. The people who like BattleTech really like BattleTech. I think it's it's a uh, it's a cult almost. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but you know, it's a large cult then because there's, I mean, you can go to any game store and you will always find someone. You could probably find someone who will play BattleTech with you. Hmm. I think like I, I I can say that it's the question is if they are playing BattleTech. Yeah, the they probably have played it in the past. Yeah, that's the thing. Um. But but so uh, and, and like again from from my my outsider's perspective, like I do feel like the more the most recent big like push uh, from from Catalyst uh, behind BattleTech, I think 
you know, going going to Adepticon and and you know with the the starter boxes that that came out and everything. Like I do feel like there has been a, a big push to to get it into a, a a broader audience. I don't know, like so, some some old games that have been around a long time. I, I do think uh, they they one thing they they can run into and sometimes to their detriment is they kind of have the the older players that you know still really enjoy the game and everything, but they they fail to capture a, a mm-hmm. newer audience. Um, and so, like, do you guys, from what you've kind of seen, especially since you know I, I know you guys go to a lot of these events where you know they're selling these games, like, do you see a, a lot of of you know kind of a new generation of BattleTech players kind of emerging? Well, well, I or you just do. not not quite sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, the, a lot of the 40k guys recently have come over to BattleTech. It's almost like mm. BattleTech's almost respected by those guys that they when they get annoyed yeah. with 40k they come over to BattleTech, which is kind of funny. But and these I new these new starter boxes are definitely and the, with that Kickstarter, I think they really realized how much there was a there was a. a a, the old players came back. A lot of them came back into it, but also yes. a lot of new mm-hmm. players. Like Beast of War, the guys, there's a guy, the guys, the English guys never played Battletech. It was Battletech's not a thing in England, really. It's it's very North American, and uh, even it's it's penetrating their zeitgeist over there, which is that's I think that's a major thing where it's that's impressive. Yeah, where like I think Germany was the other big holdout with Battletech. For some reason, Germans love Battletech, so that's that's the interesting thing. <laughs> There's a lot of like books and stuff that are only in German, which they're slowly Al translating Steiner. over. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, they're obviously German influenced, but it's <laughs> it's definitely uh this catalyst has hit the right time, but unfortunately the wrong time because of everything that's <laughs> happening in the world right now. They've had a lot of issues with getting the product into hands and that's frustrating a lot of people. Sure. And yeah. if it had been a different, like it's, too bad. It, it's too yeah, because it was they they had everybody in their hands, and then all of a sudden they couldn't supply all these people that want it. But yeah. as long and as they can keep up the momentum, I think they'll be fine once we get through all this. And I think even now everything seems to be back on track. Like the kickstarters have have been shipped, and I keep hearing about the starter sets and everything, and the clan sets being available, so you can actually go buy them now. So. I think we're slowly getting through that backlog, so yeah, that'll help. I think the next step would be have your customizable mech kits. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. With the, I, that was a test with that Black Knight, and I think it did well. It sold out in like seconds, but that's the problem with those are all the hardcore fans buying them right there, right? So right, yeah. Although they have these no the Wolf Dragoons force packs are Barnes and Noble is exclusive, so it's almost like becoming once you start doing exclusives <laughs> in certain stores. That almost brings you to a new level of, of... It's annoying, but it also shows that you have that much influence that you can provide exclusives. Like, that's pretty cool. So... Yeah. Like, for the consumer, it's terrible. But for the for the company, <laughs> I think that's a that's a really good sign. Because obviously, Barnes & Noble paid them for that exclusivity, right? So... Yeah. That, that's a good sign for Catalyst. And as long as Catalyst keeps going, I think they're... Catalyst is... Ever since FASA, I think Catalyst has been the company to to do it. So I think we're, we're in a golden age right now or Renaissance at least. So yeah, it's good times. for I think so too. I do too. Um, I guess, do you think uh, with the way we're trending with Battletech that we, that Battletech could possibly reach the, the popularity? I mean, especially now that we're taking you, well, I should say we like I'm part of Battletech. 
<laughs> uh, uh, do you think now that uh, I'm seeing a lot of on message boards, a lot of 40k players jumping ship to BattleTech? Do you think now that we're trending to be a little bit quote unquote more mainstream? Oh, it's definitely becoming more mainstream. It'll never be for nothing. Will ever be 40k. That's the thing. No. 40k is the I always attribute to a abusive husband. Like no matter yeah. how much you get, they treat their players like crap. They always do something that'll be like, "Hey, look, we're changed. We're better now. Come on back." Yeah, and they come back, and then you treat them like crap. Very, very Stockholm syndrome. Syndrome. But it's, syndrome. Well, the thing is, you spent so much money on those armies, you're not going to leave. Like very few people uh, have the have the strength just to get out, right? I did. I know, but that's a rare. <laughs> like that's, I think it's so many people feel it. There's a there's a, a psychological uh, reason to that. I forget what they call it, but oh, it's yeah. where you put so much into something, you you don't want to give it up, even if you don't like it anymore. Like it's it's one of those things. So it, it's kind of it's almost like a, a gambler's uh, yeah situation where it's like, well, I, I've I've kept putting coins in, I'm bound to win. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, it's same idea. I think where you. It, it's like a investment into something where you think yeah. that it's you you can't get out of it, but I, th- I definitely think BattleTech's jumped up into I don't know how much money they make, but they're definitely big. Like to be able to be, be doing Barnes and Nobles, like is there any other game that's big enough right now other than board games? But I mean, like miniature game, I don't think even 40k. I'm not even sure you could do that kind of thing uh, in North yeah. America. They're there in there, and same with no, but not exclusive exclusive items though. Oh, oh yeah. like that's a that's an interesting thing. Like I say, it's it's a North American BattleTech is North America's 40k, I think, and it's just it's uh, I think it it's an interesting uh, way it's going, and I'd like to see mm-hmm. like imagine getting into like WalMarts and stuff. I think that's the big thing. Like once you get into like mainstream stores. In North America, I think that'll be the big change. Barnes and Noble is obviously a mainstream store, but it's not <coughs> as big as some of the big box stores, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but then just recently, Asmodee got bought up by some fund company. So the biggest company in our industry, like way bigger than 40k, everybody, Asmodee is a huge company. Just got bought by some other company. So. I think it's oh, all really? small bananas compared to everything else. Yeah, I didn't even see that. Didn't yeah, some some uh, fud, uh, what do they call it? Hedge fund kind of. They own no. a lot of video games too. This company, so it's like, oh, maybe they'll make. And it's like, no, what it is is this company's just buying it to sell it. Like that's what these big companies do, right? So, yeah. yeah. But that's so whatever the scale buy, is, buy we're at, it doesn't. High. Yeah, whatever scale is that any kind of tabletop is, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But it's for. I think it's Catalyst has jumped up to be a major contender in with this with this whole thing in the in the gaming tabletop gaming community. So it's kind of yeah, and I, I hope they they can keep the keep it going. Mm-hmm. Same here. Like I, I I I do like a lot of the the stuff that comes out of Catalyst, even if I don't wind up playing the games as much. Like I I do, you know, the the. Anything that's that's keeping the sci-fi <laughs> stuff and going and, and around, I think, is always pretty cool. So yeah, they also got Shadowrun too. So yep, yep. Shadowrun's huge. But yeah, it's uh, going strong. BattleTech is uh, this is just the beginning of a new era for BattleTech, I think. And I do too. They have to make it more clear 
for how to get into it. A lot of people get, like, mm. there's so many different books that a lot of people get confused. It's like, well, just buy the box sets. So that's the way to go. But eventually you expand Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in that camp where you, you guys have, have talked a number of times about all, all the, the lore and the books and everything. And I'm like, I have no idea where I would start. Yeah. Um, so... That's the beauty of these new the game of armored combat. There's a beginner's box and there's the new clan box. You get those three boxes, you're set for a long time. Plus, you buy you can yeah. buy all the miniatures you want. That's the beauty of it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so many like other books that it, I think it does confuse people. Plus, the whole idea of of Alpha Strike as a different way to play that confuses people too. So yeah, yeah, probably they need it. They need a primer or something online or even that they have a little pamphlet that they put into every game store to say, Hey, this is what you need. This is what you, this is how you start. This is how you expand, you know, like something hmm. clear. Cause they definitely don't, they're not so clear with that. If you weren't paying attention, it is not as easy as it seems. <laughs> so. No, that's for sure. Yeah. Cause like, like I remember I picked up the beginner box and I think it only comes with two minis. Yeah. And then, and then the rest are standees. And I was just like, I was really expecting uh, some minis. <laughs> well, that's old school. The old Battletech is all standees. There's no miniatures back in the day. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Game of Honor Combat the cost is, re- is reflected in the beginner box. Like, yeah, it's only 20 bucks or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's, rest, it's yeah. pretty cheap, so yeah. probably should have known that was coming. <laughs> yeah, I think the beginner's box is 20 The Game of Armor Combat's like 50 and the claim yeah. box is, I think, 50 like I say, you get those three, and you're you'd be good to go for quite a while. And just add add small rules as you go. Don't don't try to eat the whole thing all at once. Don't try to add in all the little That's things. True. And I would even even suggest try to even the, the Alpha Strike after after you deal with the box set. Yeah, I, that's that's I something they need in the box set. Yeah, I just realized one other thing that that can can be a, a struggle to hit is the the hex maps. Um, like the availability of those. That's beat of Alpha Strike. They don't use hexes. It's all measured. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's all measured in the Alpha Strike. Really, Alpha Strike should be in the beginner's box. It shouldn't be Battletech. It should be Alpha Strike, and then you expand into Battle Strike, Battletech. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that might be that. Good. That would probably be a good gateway. Especially since um, they give you the Alpha Strike cards in the box, and that's a little confusing too. Because <laughs> I've always kind of felt like when I when I hear the difference between the Alpha Strike and and you know, core, I can't help but feel like, man, core just sounds so crunchy. It is. Uh, oh, it is. It's super crunchy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I think I could only take, like, to, to dive into core just sounds like a pretty big uh, commitment. <laughs> yeah. Um, versus something like Alpha Strike, which uh, sounds much more, much more my speed. Uh, yeah. For, for one too. thing, but I, but I do feel like, uh, like a lot of these games, right? You get a little taste of, of mm-hmm. maybe a streamlined version of the rules, something that simplifies the more complex pieces. People get into it, and it's like, okay, now I'm now I'm immersed in this world. Now I want to. Now I want more. Yeah. And that's where core comes in. Yeah, I think that's they really did it backwards that way. They should introduce it with <laughs> Alpha Strike. So. Uh, I don't think in the beginner's box they provide the Alpha Strike rules, but they do provide the Alpha Strike cards, which is funny. They do, yeah. And they like, they give you a, a watered-down set of rules in the beginner box set, yeah. at least in the first version that I got. Yeah, yeah. The, the beginner's box definitely is not the full rules, which is good. They don't overwhelm you with all the weird stuff that can happen. Yeah. But, yeah, enough, uh, enough of that. 
Anything else to yeah, say why, why we like Battletech? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think we all know, and I think everyone would, would agree that why it has lasted so long, even through the Dark Ages. I mean, the Clicks new group kept it alive, but then it was the video games that kind of got you through yeah. the Clicks era, if you were a hardcore person like myself. Uh, and ultimately, like, that that was like some of my first exposure to Battletech was Mech Warrior. Um because you know, seeing, seeing those video games were always pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Then it gets you All into right. the world. Yeah, I think the world brings you in, that's for sure. Yeah, and then, well, yeah, once you get a taste and you start to get into the novels and everything else, then you, you just kind of get hooked. Uh, nice. So, all right. Well, that was uh, fun. So let's move on to the Xville and shut this thing down. <laughs> shut her down. Reactor overload. Let's exfil out of here. All right, so we come to the end of the show of our January episode. I uh, hope everyone had a good new year. Yes, it's happy new year. Also having a good year for the first day. <laughs> That's right, New Year's Day. <laughs> so I uh, hope everyone had a good Christmas, including you guys. Yes, same to you. Uh, Hopefully, Pat will not have a stroke and be able to continue uh, doing more hobbying in the near future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get something going. Yeah, we will. You got to get a, that's, a that's travel good. kit. I should. I should. You know, I did kickstart something that was kind of a travel kit. And, of course, that's this might be the Kickstarter where I might not get anything. I've been lucky so far. <laughs> Uh, but this might be the Kickstarter where I just lose my money. Oh, it hasn't chipped? Or I don't see much going on with it. Yeah, yeah. People, there are people complaining and getting angry, you know, as as, as every Kickstarter gets. Uh, but, you know, I will just sit here patiently and uh, wait to see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, all right. right. Here's here's to a, a pretty hopefully a pretty awesome uh, 2022. 2022. Hopefully we're all better and you're all there and uh, we're all riding around in some mechs. Yeah. <laughs> At least have hover cars. Hover car, yeah. Or uh, aerospace fighters. <laughs> yep. We always. Well, it was aerospace. it was just the second uh, you know birthday second anniversary of the space force. No, oh, that's true. Know today <laughs> da, da, da. so alright well then guys happy new year listeners happy new year uh, check out our Facebook pages our Twitters our Twitches our Instagrams do we have an Instagram no uh, uh, don't check it you, you have an Instagram but yeah uh, do uh, check out uh, other podcasts too check out uh, Dead Zone the Podcast with Brian and Rick comes out monthly Yep. All right. Yep. Check. Yep. Yep. Monthly. Check out the Dragon's Tome with uh, Mr. Affable, Rob, and <laughs> two other guys. Yep. Uh, Rob, uh, Pat, and uh, Jack are on that one. That and comes out. On, yeah, it comes out weekly. That one. It's on YouTube. If you type in Dragon's Tome, as in a tome of a book. And <laughs> uh, yeah. Check out check, check out uh, the team building exercises for Dead oh, Zone right. on Family of Gamers seven seven seven. Yep. Also on YouTube, we do a live show talking about building teams for Dead Zone, and mostly we just yell at each other. 
I think that's a there, might, there. There may or may not be a death in upcoming episodes. That's right. We do have we have duels to the death. So, uh, yeah, I think that covers all the things we're into. And uh, <laughs> definitely join the Facebook if you're on Facebook because Mobile Arm Radio on Facebook is we have a lot of the posts. We post our pictures there. We do all that kind of stuff there mostly. Yeah, most of the interaction is on the Facebooks. I try to use the Discord a bit, but Facebook's the number one place to go, unfortunately. But yeah, that's all we got at this point. Yep. All right, so for Mobile Album Radio, I've been your host, Chopper. I've been Brian. And I'm still Rob. And we will see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been Mobile Armor Radio. Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at Radio. Find us on iTunes and visit our website, mobilearmorradio.podbean.com. Join us on the first of every month for more mecha discussion.